welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And let's go with the much anticipated Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling. You know what? I just found out it's a really bad idea to take a dog named Shark down to the beach. Shark! Thank you. Bye. <laughs> that is a good one all in the delivery of uh, rock and roll hall of famer duff mckagan thanks duff uh, for delivering each and every week always great starting the weekend with a laugh and starting your year with a laugh with one of the greatest parties you could ever have talking about march 14th the 18th the four leaf clover chris jericho's rock and rest and rager at sea sign up now for the pre-booking list and you can get your cabin before anybody else before we go on sale to the general public and if you do that and book your cabin during the exclusive pre-sale you'll get a picture with me and a commemorative cruise flag chris jericho rock and rest and rage your flag you can only get that if you sign up early and of course you'll be treating yourself to the vacation of a lifetime when we set sail next march it's going to be a blast i'm already working hard on booking talent uh actually i got the lineup all set we're going to announce that probably in a week or so just go to chrisjerichocruise.com sign up for the uh exclusive pre-sale get the commemorative exclusive flag a picture with me and reserve your cabin today all right Come rock with Fozzie as well in the UK. The uh, European leg of Fozzie's Save the World Tour kicks off November 29th in Liverpool at the famous Cavern Club where the Beatles got their start. We're going to do a deep dive on the Cavern Club and talk as Jericho uh, in a week or two. Uh, there's only a handful of tickets left for the Cavern Club. Manchester sold out. Newcastle still tickets for that at the Riverside. Glasgow sold out. Dublin sold out. Belfast at the Limelight One. Still some tickets left. Chester sold out. Swansea, Nottingham, London sold out. Still some tickets left for Birmingham and Bournemouth. Uh, we start, like we said, I said, uh, on November 29th in Liverpool. We end in London on December 12th. Go to fozzyrock.com for all ticket information and VIP information. Uh, of course, you can get uh, an exclusive concert with Fozzy before the show if you do the meet and uh, greet, VIP meet and greet. And don't forget, too, the Save the World Tour continues in the States uh, April and May. All those dates are on FozzyRock.com. We just announced that tour a couple days ago. Lots of Fozzy action, lots of cruise action, and lots of AEW action as we get ready for full gear uh, this Sunday, Saturday. Sorry, full gear on Saturday. Guy who had a, an amazing, amazing match on Dynamite last night. His first on Dynamite. Talking about Leo Rush is here on Talk is Jericho today. The buzz is crazy. He made his AEW debut at Double or Nothing in the Casino Battle Royale. Explains so how that whole thing came together. He's got quite a story. We'll get all into it. He was only 22 years old when he signed with WWE four years ago. He talks about being released from WWE early this year and why he announced his retirement this past June when he was only 26 years old and why he came back. You hear about his relationship with Vince McMahon and Triple H. What inspired the Leo Rush name and gimmick and the run he had with Bobby Lashley in WWE. He also talks about his time at Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling, shares the first conversation he ever had with Tony Khan, who was a big supporter of his, and what prompted him to give pro wrestling another shot. He stole the show last night in Dynamite. He's going to steal the show today. Great conversation with Leo Rush coming up now on Talk is Jericho. So we have been uh, talking about doing this for a while. Uh, Leo Rush here. Uh, for his talk as Jericho debut and I remember a few years ago having a couple DMs back and forth but maybe doing something but I was working here and you were working in WWE and you can't cross the yeah, streams yeah, so to yeah. speak right 
But no, you're here. I know. I know. Yeah, we've. Um, I'm, I feel like it's been some uh, some years in the making. I definitely wanted to try to to get it done because I'm such a huge fan of you and such mm, a huge fan of like you. the podcast. And uh, yeah, you talk about some really cool stuff, and uh, you uh, you touch on some things that not a lot of people you know feel comfortable touching on. So I, yeah. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, it's, it, it, like I said, it was it was it's great to have you in AEW, but it's a little bit of a surprise just to jump right in because I know. A few months ago, I mean, it, it, it could have been a year ago at this point, you came in and did a shot for us. Yeah. And then right afterwards, you said that you were done with the business. And then you just appeared back in AW. And I was like, well, that's really cool. Uh, kind of talk about how that all happened. Um, yeah, that was uh, such a crazy, crazy ride um, that that was. Just from the point of... You know, getting that opportunity, uh, knowing that I was going to be in AEW or at least appear on AEW and um, it being such a, a surprising thing to, to a lot of people. Because I, I remember there was a bunch of names being thrown around, like who was going to be the wild card. And uh, I remember my name wasn't wasn't brought up once. And I thought <laughs> yeah. that was so cool. This is the Casino Battle yes. Royal yes. where you were the Joker, which is the, the last guy. So nobody was guessing you. Yeah, nobody, nobody. And I thought that that was pretty cool that nobody was talking about me because I knew that it was going to get a, a genuine surprise reaction. So I was pretty excited about that. Um, and then when the, the match happened, I didn't know that I was that I got hurt during the match. Um, I knew that the, there was something wrong. Uh, and I, that I never felt anything like that before. What did you do? Um, I ended up separating my AC. Oh. Um, and when it when it happened, uh, it felt wonky. But um, you know, I kept going. I kept I kept pushing through the match. And um, by the time I got eliminated, and I tried to get up, uh, yeah, I just couldn't move my arm. And mm. I was like, oh man, this is uh, this is strange. And uh, I'm probably legitimately uh, up right now. And I got scared. I panicked. Um, so many thoughts were going through my head at the time. But when I initially made that retirement announcement, there was so much going on in my life uh, personally at the time. And, um, you know, my frustrations with, with the business. And, you know, there, there was a lot. And I, um, I'm sorry if, I, if I'm not coming off as clear as I want to because even now this is uh you know just talking about it is it's pretty heavy just because it was a it was a it was a decision that wasn't an easy thing mm -hmm. you know I dedicated my entire life to wanting to be a professional wrestler more specifically uh wanting to be in the WWE and then when I got there when I got signed at 22 years old which you know I was a kid um, that's so young and I I was learning I was I was I was kind of rolling with the punches and trying to adapt at every opportunity that came to me. And I feel like there was a lot of uh, confusion uh, and there was a lot of frustration and I didn't understand why I wasn't, I don't know. Used more or? Not used more. Uh, I, think, I think the overall perception of me uh, mm. kind of got to me. Uh, a little bit, um, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I think the the overall perception of me of being like, kind of like cocky or or uh, standoffish or, um, you know, an asshole. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that got to me a lot, and um, it, it's hard to you know I can't explain to to hundreds of, of people that I'm that I'm working with you know 
uh, what I've gone through in, in my life and you know it's a long story so sure. I, I try to I try to you know just go to work do do what I had to do um, in order to you know provide for myself and my family and stuff like that so you know it was rough it was rough balancing all of that and, and trying to please people and sh- making sure that you know I'm not pissing people off or stepping on anybody's toes and stuff like that but yeah it, it happens quite a bit just to jump in like i see it I've, I've seen it when you sign to a huge company mm. and how old are you now 26 26 yeah. 26 right which you're still very young but at 22 i mean that's so young to have to deal with the big league pressures and most people in that i've seen that have signed at 22 from our younger mm. teddy hart and renee dupree and mm. these young young guys it's hard to be mature enough yeah. to understand what's going on, right? No, I mean, does exactly. that have something to do with it? I'm sure. No, for sure, for sure. And uh, you know, obviously at the time, I'm not gonna say that I'm you know immature or uh, realize that I'm immature. You know, I just know me for me, and I don't know if that's mature. You're 22 though. Yeah, yeah. You don't have the life experiences that guys in their 40s do, and most guys in WWE that are on top are in their late 30s and early 40s. Exactly, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, that definitely played. Or a here role. too in AW as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that definitely uh, played a role. You know, looking back at it now, mm-hmm. um, and looking at you know everything that has happened since then. Um, there was definitely some uh, immaturity factors that played a part. Right. Um, but, you know, I feel like that's life. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody goes through that. And, uh, you know, people kind of have to learn on, on their own and learn uh, themselves. And I'm glad that I did learn. I'm glad that I did go through all of that because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the mindset that I have now. I wouldn't have the knowledge that I have now. Um, and I don't think I would be in AEW now if 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 I didn't, you know, grow uh, as a person. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. So when, when you decided to walk away from the business, yeah. um, it was because you got hurt and all these other issues kind of compounding and, and building up. It wasn't too long before before you came back into the business, AEW. So what, what kind of switched the gears to where you're like, maybe I spoke a little bit too early here about leaving and retiring? I think my intent was there, was right. The reasons behind me retiring uh, and wanting to walk away. Maybe I needed a little more time to think. Maybe I needed to go through that injury process uh, in order to figure out why I was feeling the way that I was feeling or um, you know, why I didn't want to walk away. But I think a big part of that was uh, I think I kind of started giving up on myself mm. a little bit, mm. and that's the first time that I that I that I said that. Um, and it's crazy that I am saying that uh, because I've never been, you know, the kind of person to uh, to kind of let the the negativity block out everything that's positive in my life. But mm. I feel like I was getting to a point where um, I was at a standstill, and um, you know, the injury obviously didn't help. But yeah, I, I think I stopped believing in myself a little bit. I, I stopped believing that I could be everything that I said that I that I would be in wrestling, and um, it was it was a tough pill to swallow. I think when you lose your self confidence in the biz, yeah, in anything, it's hard, yeah. especially in this business. Yeah. You have to have it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm sorry. It's it's it's, it's very uh, no, it's, it's very it's very uh, it's a very heavy subject for me. Sure it is, but I wanted to know because it, it's something that was right in the forefront yeah. 
of when you came back. I know that Tony Khan was always a big mm-hmm. uh, proponent of yours and a big big fan of yours. Was did was Tony calling you during this time frame? Like, I guess I'm asking, what snapped you out of the funk to say, okay, I'm going to go and go, get back in the biz and go back to AEW? There was there was a couple of things. I think one, Tony, Tony being as supportive as he was, mm-hmm. uh, him being as understanding um, as he was. You know, he didn't he didn't push the idea of me coming back. He didn't push the the idea of me staying away. He just wanted to understand who I was. He wanted mm-hmm. to understand, you know, what I was thinking and what I was going through and who I am because, you know, that was the first time that I met Tony at Double or Nothing. Um, and um, yeah, we were just still we were still figuring each other out. And uh, I think he was he was intrigued by me uh, because he had met me before, uh, but we never talked. But I think. I felt comfortable around around Tony. I felt comfortable being in in the locker room for the mm. for the short time that I was in the locker room uh, at the pay per view, um, and it felt different. It felt it didn't feel like uh, it didn't feel like WWE. You know, even though I was seeing the same faces, and I was uh, you know the backstage environment looked the same, and you know I'm still in the stadium stuff like that. But there was something different about it that it made me feel like this was a, a second chance. It, it felt like a second opportunity uh, for mm-hmm. me. Um, another thing that played a huge factor, I think, was um, when I realized that I I put myself in a position to do something bigger uh, than wrestling. Uh, and not saying that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I hope that you can understand this, but- uh, Absolutely. Um, I think- Obviously talking about your music. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I think um, between everything that I that I'm doing, between my music, between wrestling, uh, being a dad, being a husband, um, I think I saw the bigger picture for the for the first time. You know, when I was first starting out in wrestling, I was just moving a million miles per second. Mm-hmm. You know, just moving forward, uh, not even really appreciating what I accomplished. Just wanted to move on right to the next thing, right to the next thing, right, right. to the next thing, and. Um, having just this very specific goal in mind. And I think once I reach that, I'm always asking what's next, what's next, what's next. But seeing that I had an opportunity to rewrite my story or write my story in a way that can inspire uh, so many other people that, that have looked up to me and um, I think even even the fans and and uh, my peers and 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 people who have uh, followed my career, like this younger generation of of wrestlers, um, you know, people like Dante, people like you know, a Darby or MJF, you know, these guys were. I remember, you know, when I was in when I was in Ring of Honor, like these guys were like trying to break out and yeah. you know build a name for themselves, and um, I would get messages from from different people. Uh, saying just how how much I've influenced their careers or how much I've motivated them, and uh, that's that's such a crazy that's such a crazy thing because I, I remember I was I used to always be the young guy in the locker room. I used to always be that guy that's saying like, oh, it doesn't matter how green you are as long as you uh, you know believe in yourself and you work hard, then you can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish. And that was me. And I feel like um, you know obviously not saying that I I've paved a, a way for someone. But the same way that I looked up to guys like you or guys like Eddie or guys like Ray Mysterio or Jeff Hardy and stuff like that, you know, there's a younger pool of talent that look up to, to guys like like me. And I think that that was uh, that was pretty powerful. Mm. And um, 
You uh, almost owed it to them to come back. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say owe it to them, but I thought, you know, inspiration is just such a, a powerful thing, especially when it's like right, right in your face. And, you know, someone is saying that you inspire me to, to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's powerful to me. Um, you know, I always try to be a good role model for um, for anybody. And I think, you know, maybe that's the, the fatherly, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, side of me. But no, I, I, I feel like I feel like I have an opportunity to do something pretty special within AEW. And I want to take that opportunity. I want to be an inspiration to people, you know, because my story is uh, pretty crazy. Let's talk about your story. I want to get into all that, Leo. But before we do, I am week two into drinking New Wave Flow State coffee and not because they sent me free coffee to try. I'm drinking it because it's actually very good coffee. It tastes smooth. tastes great. It's very smooth. Greg Frontiero, the founder, says the great taste comes from the raw cacao that's in his blend. So in addition to the great taste, New Wave Flow State coffee has the added benefit of boosting your brain function and focus, stimulating your creativity, and reducing your your anxiety. So how does a cup of coffee do all that? It comes down to a couple key ingredients. L-theanine and that raw cacao I mentioned. So the L-theanine is a green tea amino acid that relaxes you without making you sleepy. And the raw cacao is like an all-natural antidepressant. It boosts your mood and alleviates stress, plus it tastes great as well. So when you put that together and you get the caffeine high with other jitters and anxiety that usually happen when you drink too much coffee, it is a win-win situation. Flow State Coffee is also organic. It's grown in the shade at high altitudes in Nicaragua and roasted specifically to be low acidity which means it's easier on your stomach you know some coffee can just go right through you when it's not this is not the case this has a smooth great taste no jitters no upset stomachs that's exactly how i like my coffee i know you're going to love it too that's why new wave is offering you guys 10 percent off your first purchase when you go to newwave.co and use the promo code jericho that's new wave n-o-o wave.co and use the promo code jericho to get 10 percent off your first purchase newwave.co now and start unlocking your best work with flow state coffee let's talk about your story. yeah yeah like once again because 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 it's always interesting to me when i started 31 years ago i was a small guy you're too small to make it in wrestling and then obviously as time transcends it really doesn't matter size or whatever, but you are a, a smaller guy, like a Rey Mysterio, like mm -hmm. you mentioned, like Darby, all of you guys, top, top talents. But when you first decided you wanted to get into to wrestling, was there that stigma like, really? You're, you're a small guy. Yeah, yeah, that was that was rough. I remember when I first started training, um, my coach had told me, uh, my, my trainer who, had, who uh, passed away from leukemia, RJ Meyer, um, Where was Maryland. that at? Where, what part of the country? Uh, Maryland. Okay. Maryland. Um, I trained at MCW uh, gotcha. Training Center. Okay. Um, and I remember him telling me that I, I believe in you. I believe that you're going to get to where you're going or where you want to go, but your path is probably going to be a little different than uh, than most people. And I knew what he meant. He didn't. He didn't say that. Oh, you're gonna. You're a small guy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be harder for you. But I, I knew exactly what he meant. I knew that I was going to have to. Uh, you know, worked twice as hard. I, I was always going to be fighting that uphill battle. But that didn't stop me. I feel like that, that's never stopped me. 
Um, I, I've always had such a competitive nature about mm -hmm. me my entire life. I played sports my entire life. I played baseball, um, basketball, football. You know, I, I was an All-American amateur wrestler in high school, um, wrestling at 112 mm. and 119. So I was always like a smaller guy, but I always had, you had the drive. A, yeah. yeah, I had a drive. I had the drive, and I, I believed in myself a lot. And I, um, I've never been afraid of, you know, putting in the work or putting in the hours. And um, you know, I always had like a, a big man like mentality, mm -hmm. and I feel like that that has pushed me through life. Um, and you know, part of the reason why I, I'm in this position, you know, today. I had that too when I started. It's like I, I realized I can't be the biggest guy on the card, but I can have the biggest personality or the biggest connection with the crowd mm. or the biggest character. There's other ways to be big in wrestling other than just physical stature. Because mm. as you know, we've seen the six foot five, 280 pound muscle heads that don't last a year. Yeah. It's it just that's the perception of what a wrestler is, but the reality of what a wrestler is comes in how you connect with the audience and how big your personality basically yeah. is you know yeah 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 i um and, and i'm glad i'm glad that i uh i'm glad that i went through what i went through in wwe uh it, it taught me a lot it taught me a lot it taught me how to uh how to really push out that larger than life kind of mm. like persona and um i think that that helped me build my my name um it helped me get through a lot of uh a lot of things like even in life mm. um you know i remember there was times where i would uh i would kind of cut on that switch like in real life if i needed to like push through something or if i needed to uh you know get through a certain situation i would like turn my personality up like how i was on like mm. raw and i would uh <laughs> i would just make myself feel better about the, the situation itself but I don't know. I learned. I learned a lot. I learned. I learned a lot. When you first came to WWE, did you sign? You mentioned you signed at twenty-two. Was it for NXT? Was it for two hundred five live? Kind of because I know you said you mentioned Ring of Honor. Mm. What was the, kind of the, the the journey that led you to WWE? How'd you get signed to there? And what was the idea when they brought you in? Yeah, I when I got signed, um, I remember I didn't I didn't resign with Ring of Honor. Because um, you were there for a few years? I was there for only a year. Oh, yeah. I had won their top prospect tournament. Gotcha. Um, and I was there for a year. Uh, and I remember I didn't, I didn't want to resign um, because I always wanted to, I wanted to tour more overseas. Mm. Uh, I, I remember I did, a, I did a tour over in Canada. And then I was like, man, that was cool. And then I had a tour in Mexico. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I toured in like Europe. And and i just wanted to i wanted to keep that momentum going uh, and i wanted to wrestle everywhere and i wanted to i wanted to be in the pool of names that you know those those conversations of some of the best like indie wrestlers like on the market i wanted i wanted my name to be talked about in the same you know light anything at the time you know those guys you know like ricochet was on the indies gotcha. at the time i wanted to I wanted to be in a guy who could travel the world at the highest of levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember being super inspired by the Bucks at that time because mm. you know, they were they were in the Ring of Honor, but they were doing New Japan, they were doing PWG, they were doing so many things. Um, and I wanted to be like that. And then when I got signed, I got signed to NXT when I was uh, when I was 22 years old. Did you have to go for a tryout camp, or how did they? Do no, I actually ended up being in that class, the same class as uh, Adam Cole. Uh, uh, Dijak, Fish, uh, O'Reilly, all of those, all of those Ring of Honor guys, um, and I, I thought that was so cool. 
I, I don't know. That was that was very that was very wild to me that I was uh, that I was a part of that class mm. and I didn't have to, you know, try out. Um, and I thought that that was really cool. I felt like I accomplished something. It's telling, yeah. Yeah. But when I got there, it was uh, it was strange because I was being told that, oh, no, you're not ready for TV. <laughs> you need more experience <laughs> and stuff like that. And, you know, at the time, I was just like, I mean, I, I guess I understand. But why did you sign me? Right, right. right. Um, yeah, it was it was strange. <laughs> but they do that though, dude. You you see it all the time. Like I remember, I worked with uh, like Shinsuke Nakamura in Japan, like yeah. the, uh, at one of the WWE shows at the Sumo Arena, for example. And guys, amazing, tear the house down. And he goes back to NXT or Finn Balor or mm. Samoa Joe. I'm like, why? I said, events. Why do you have these guys in NXT? Mm. Like they're headlining major show guys. Yeah. But there was just this: we got to go NXT and learn how to get experience and learn how to work it's like they know how to work yeah they're ready yeah i, I never i never um i never voiced that uh, mm -hmm. opinion. i always I always thought that what are you gonna say you can't really yeah say i can't i can't say anything um right. but I, I remember i remember i'll never forget i i was i was doing a promo class in nxt and um with I, who who was leading dusty no i think gotcha. uh carino Okay, gotcha. I believe Karina was was uh, leading at the time, and um, I remember the writer, the lead NXT writer, was there, and I'd asked him to watch my promo, and he said that he would. And uh, as I'm doing my promo, I'm kind of like looking at him to see if he's watching, and he's just like texting. Oh, and I was just like, oh man. <laughs> but I'd asked him if he watched it, and he had told me that he watched it, and I was just like. Oh yeah, he yeah. didn't watch it. Yeah, uh, but then he had said he had told me that I wasn't I wasn't ready, mm -hmm. um, and that I that I wasn't going to be ready for a while. And um, I don't know, that kind of lit a fire underneath me, and I started I started you know recording promos and putting them on my social media every day, and that that actually caught the attention of um, uh, events, uh, which really? was yeah yeah. Um, I think I think a, a writer had showed Vince uh, my promo on on social media and. Um, I got brought up to 205. I believe I only had about two matches in NXT before I got brought up to 205. And then I was only in 205 for about four months before I got the call to Raw. And um, things were just moving like pretty quickly. And I was on Monday Night Raw with Bobby in that manager role. You were like his mouthpiece. Yeah. It was uh, good too. Thanks. Yeah, very good. obnoxious. And, yeah. Uh, almost like... Um, uh, Kevin Hart or something along those lines. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Vibe like that. That's that's honestly. Um, the, I was I was watching a lot of Kevin Hart. Were you? Oh, well, there you go. A lot of Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, any anything that I do, I want to put my my all into. Yeah. And if somebody is telling me you need to get the people to hate you, I'm gonna get the people to hate me. Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's what I did. I I, I kind of, in a way, I think I uh, looking back at it, I think I completely changed my entire personality yeah. um you know i dove deep into that character and um so what was the character exactly just loud cocky brash flashy it, it looked like a kid that 
had a lot of money that didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what happened when you finally got to WWE. But first, the holidays are coming. And I got to tell you guys about something that I got my dad for Christmas last year. He absolutely loves it. It's the Skylight Frame. And my kids love it as much as my dad does because the Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame that you can email pictures to and they appear on the frame in seconds. My kids love sending the pics to my dad. He loves the surprise of the photos just showing up on the frame like magic. We've been doing this all year. We gave the frame to my dad last Christmas because we couldn't travel to see him. He couldn't come down to Florida either because of the lockdown. Uh, he's in Canada. They've been uh, under a pretty strict pandemic measures for most of the year. So the Skylight frame lets him see what we've been up to, and it's another way for all of us to stay connected. It's very easy to use. The setup takes less than 60 seconds, and you don't need to be a tech genius to figure it out. It looks like a real photo frame as well. It's got an awesome 10-inch touch screen. You can swipe through photos with your finger and even tap to thank the person who sent the photo and if you don't love your skylight they will give you a full refund 100% satisfaction guaranteed you can also preload the skylight with photos before you give it to the grandparents or whoever and then you can surprise them all year long by emailing new photos to the skylight anytime from anywhere and right now you can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com and use my promo code Jericho just go to skylightframe.com, use the promo code Jericho, get 10 bucks off the purchase of a Skylight Frame, S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T frame.com. Use the code Jericho. This is one of the best presents you can give to your loved ones who live far away from you. Update the pictures daily. Go to skylightframe.com and use the code Jericho for 10 bucks off. So when you came in, like when you finally got up to WWE, did you have a meeting with Vince, or did you have a meeting with somebody to say, here's what we want from you? Um, I, I remember talking to Paul Heyman. Hmm. Uh, Paul was really invested in, in, in what me and Bobby were doing. And um, he was the first one to kind of coach me through that first promo that I did uh, on Monday Night Raw uh, with the like low weights, high reps, and like, screaming at Bobby and, and, and telling him that he looks like money and he smells like money and stuff like that, just silly stuff. And um, <laughs> he uh, he had told me that Vince wanted to, to talk to me about it. And I, I remember going to Vince's office and said that he had said that I, he wanted me to be Bobby's hype man. <laughs> and uh, Vince, I want you to be his hype man. Yeah, I didn't know what that I, I, I mean, <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. Um, I just love it's like an '80s rap term, isn't it? Yeah, like, like Jam, uh, uh, like Jam Master J was was DMC's hype man sort yeah. of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was just I was so I mean that was just all such a crazy time for me. Mm. Uh, things moved so quickly, and um, you know me being like a lifelong fan and literally dedicate my life to wanting to be in WWE. And for all of that to have happened within the three years that, that I was there, I never really had a chance to digest anything. And once again, you're very young. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of times, like, and you're still very young, but a lot of times when something like that happens, you think, well, this is just the way it is. And it's going to last forever. Yeah. You know, I did it. And then you realize that it's not just getting there. It's figuring out how to stay. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and another thing too, like what you mentioned, if you really embodied this persona, you mentioned earlier that people thought you might be an asshole or whatever. I had the same thing when I first went to WWE and my, my mission was to be the millennium man, the guy that's going to save the WWE. Everyone's so boring. Everybody sucks except for me. Yeah. Except for those guys on the roster who actually thought I was saying it for real. Yeah. And I was like, this is just a character that yeah. Vince wants me to portray. But they're like, this motherfucker thinks he's better than us. Yeah. You know, who does he think he is? And then the then the heat comes down, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think, um, and somebody has said this to me, uh, I believe it was my wife who said this to me the other day, but um, anything that is um, trailblazing uh, is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be an easy thing. That's right. Uh, That's know, a great point. The, the, first, the, the, the first person to, to do something, they're not going to have a, uh, you know, a person to, to look at and say this is the mode on how it's done or this is the path and mm -hmm. how to, you know you everything that you're doing is new everything that you're doing is uh, innovative you're trying to create this path you're trying to do something uh historic um and i feel like that's that has been my journey in wrestling you know i'm trying to to do something that that's never been done before i'm trying to move in a way that have that nobody's ever moved what you have to do wrestling you know i, I don't want to i don't want to just be uh, in the bunch, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna stick out. I want to, uh, I wanna be the person that everybody's looking at and saying, mm -hmm. like, man, that's this guy. It seemed like it was impossible, but this guy did it, mm -hmm. uh, and and that's what I'm doing, uh, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm here. That's that's why I want to, um, I want to create those opportunities for other people. I want to open up the door for people who are trying to to do the things that I'm doing, even the things that you're doing. I mean, even what you're doing with wrestling and music, um, you know, that's super inspiring to me. Um, it, you're showing me that, it's, that it is possible. You can do it, right. Um, and, and that's such a cool thing. Uh, that's, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing. Yeah, well, I want to talk about, about, about some of your rap stuff, but before, let's just talk about some of the highlights that you had with Bobby, because once again, yeah. what was it six months? Was it that long? It was about nine, nine months. Nine months? That I, was, that I was with Bobby. Some great stuff was happening. Tell me about some of the highlights that you remember from that oh, time. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, well, uh, the, the first thing, just because of how crazy it was, was me pointing at Bobby's ass and saying, uh, this is his favorite pose for like the people like watching, <laughs> which was so ridiculous, but it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Um, that, that was, that was pretty funny. I remember, I remember all of the stuff that I did with Finn, uh, was pretty cool. That was around the first time where I was starting to get a couple of matches on raw and people could see that I was, I was, work, yeah. I can actually wrestle and stuff like that. Um, Stuff that I did with Elias, with uh, him saying, you know, whose kid is this? Uh, when I was cutting my promo on him, um, that was cool. The uh, Bobby picking me up uh, and trying to put me on his shoulders, but he just completely threw me over his head and I almost <laughs> fell out the ring. Um, Too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was, that, was some, that was some pretty cool uh, memories that I, that I had with Bobby. All right, all you cat lovers out there, I've got some big, big news for you. Our friends at Arm & Hammer Cat Litter have an amazing new contest, the Unsung Heroes Giveaway. It honors staff and volunteers at animal shelters, all those unsung heroes who go above and beyond to help perfectly imperfect shelter cats by meeting their physical, medical, and emotional needs. I'm giving a big round of applause to, uh, of my own to them right now. Here I go. 
We adopted a shelter cat in my family, so I know how great the staff and volunteers really are. Arm & Hammer's Unsung Heroes giveaway has huge prizes like $30,000 for shelters, a year of free kitty litter, awards for compassion and creativity, and a chance to be named Advocat of the Year. See what they did there? Advocat of the Year. But hurry, because the contest ends November 20th, so enter now at FelineGenerousHeroes.com. That's FelineGenerousHeroes.com. F-E-L-I-N-E GenerousHeroes.com. When did things start uh, start looking like they were going to end on the main roster? What what really happened with that? Oh, yeah. I remember being on the road with Bobby, and um, you know, at the time, Bobby was uh, Bobby was the the champ. He was the Intercontinental Champion, and um, he was he was all over the place. You know, he was at he was at all the signings and the meet and greets, and um, you know, all the live shows and 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 everything. I wasn't making the money that Bobby was making. But you had to make all the towns. I had to make all yeah. the towns. And uh, I remember being on a tour in Canada. And I remember looking at my bank account. And uh, I was like, I can't do this anymore. This doesn't make sense. Mm. I'm losing money. Mm. Uh, and I, I really, it's getting to a point where I just can't afford to do this anymore. Uh, because I have kids, I, I have a wife, I have responsibilities. I, you know, I know I might look like a kid, which I am, <laughs> but I have a lot of responsibilities uh, back at home. And um, I wanted to have a serious conversation with, uh, you know, Carano and, and, and Vince and just try to figure out, you know, how I can start making more money, you know, within the company. Like, why am I not on these meet and greets with Bobby? How am I his mouthpiece? Uh, but I'm not, and you're paying to do it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. Uh, it was. It was a strange thing for me. I. I just. I felt like I was doing a lot of work. I felt like I was. Uh, I felt like I was a waiter. <laughs> I felt like I was doing a lot of work for um, for not that much money, and um, it was just getting to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. Uh, and I, I remember bringing up the conversation. And saying, you know, when when are we going to be able to, you know, can I get some merch? Can I can I can, can I raise? On, yeah, raise. Can I can I you know be on these meet greets or signings with Bobby? It just it just doesn't make sense. And um, I don't think that they I don't think that they liked me being so uh, vocal about it. Um, and I should have, you know been appreciative of the, the opportunity mm -hmm. that I had, which I was super appreciative. But at the end of the day, it's a business. I'm a mm -hmm. businessman. Uh, that's not just, you know, my catchphrase mm -hmm. in AEW. Like, <laughs> I, um, you know, uh, it needs to make sense for, for the both of us. Right. Um, and I, don't, I just don't think they didn't take that kindly. Um, and I, I was put on hold for weeks. I was told that I was going to talk to Vince. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, you know, writers are telling me, oh, he's busy this week, he's busy this week. He'll fly you out to Connecticut when he has time or whatever. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll call you when, when it's that time. Um, I didn't hear anything from them for, oh. for nine months. Wow. Yeah. I, home for nine yeah, months. I reached out to them. I tried, to, I tried to get in contact with somebody and nobody ever got back to me. Mm. And um, I just said, fuck it. Um, I remember I was about to move to LA and when I was in LA, I, um, I got a call from Hunter uh, saying that he wanted me to be uh, on NXT because they had just got this new deal with the uh, USA Network. And um, he wanted me to, uh, he 
I was on USA for, for Raw already, so I think he wanted people who were on USA to try to push gotcha. some more eyes onto yeah. uh, NXT not being on USA. But the first thing that I said, and it, it's so crazy, yeah, the first thing that I said to him was, when are we going to talk about this contract? Like, you know, it's been nine months, you know. It's, uh, you know, you can't just call me and say, how have you been? It's like, how do you think I've been, man? <laughs> like, like I haven't been good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works, right? Hey, Leo, how you been? Yeah, it's just, I just can't. I um, I, I just want to get down to, to the business yeah. Yeah, right away. And I think that, that that initial first conversation with Hunter just automatically made things weird um, for me. And uh, I, I thought that that was going to uh, be the turning point where we kind of got on the same page, but unfortunately we never did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I got, I got, the uh, the cruiserweight title put on me, um, still, still under the other still, deal, still yeah. under the other deal, and I knew that that was going to happen. I uh, you know I was kind of beat myself up for that because uh, you know I should have put my foot down <laughs> a mm. little more. They do that from time. It was like, here's the title, and listen, like you mentioned, title's great, thank yeah. you, but business is business, man. Don't think I'm gonna like just be so excited to win a title that it's like this is great. Yeah, it was bittersweet for me. Yeah, it was bittersweet. I, I wish I wish that I enjoyed that moment a little better. But mm -hmm. um, you know, at the time, I just couldn't stop thinking about. Man, I feel like I feel like I've now been put in a position where I'm gonna look like even more of an asshole because I have to bring this up while I have this title on. Right, me. and this. Uh, Things just started to, uh, you know, spiral, downward spiral, and um, we just weren't on the same page. And that's when I got released. I knew that I was gonna. I, right. I felt like I was gonna get released. Um, yeah, because nobody was in communication with me really. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much that. And that was like pretty much that was during the pandemic when they released a whole bunch of of people, right? Yeah, there's a dozen or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There was uh, there was a lot. Uh, that was a scary day. I remember I asked Tony when that happened. You probably recall it was April. April, yeah. And I said, is there anybody on here that you're interested? I think Miro was one of those guys. Mm -hmm. He said Miro, and he specifically mentioned your name as well. Wow. Yeah, right out of the gate. That's amazing. I, um, yeah, Tony, Tony, Tony is so cool. He's, he's just such a real, uh, you know, from my experience so mm -hmm. far, uh, just a very open and honest person. You know, I remember when he when he said that he was interested in, in having me a part of AEW, that he had went to a uh, NXT Coconut Loop show when they were in Florida, I think Jacksonville specifically, and um, he had went and saw me on that show, and he had told me that I like stuck out to him, mm. um, and I thought that that was pretty cool. I'll talk to you about your music as well, Leo. I know you've got a burgeoning rap career going on, and we'll do that. But first, a quick word from our friends at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? And if you do, you know it can be hard work. But you know what's easy is bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policies. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your house. Just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That is Geico.com. So when you were when you were off during this time, is that when you started doing more with, with your music? or Because I know you've released a couple records, mm. you know, records, whatever that means nowadays, a couple Spotify, yeah. <laughs> Spotify tunes, yeah. um, a collection of Spotify tunes. Yeah. Um, was that kind of more, more concentrated on after you got 
let go when you kind of had not a lot else going on or were you kind of always doing that in conjunction with with being in wrestling too uh i was i was always kind of doing i think when i first started to really dive into it was when i had that little hiatus from raw Mm -hmm. where people were trying to figure out what was going on with me um you know i was trying to keep myself busy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um i started i started to i already i'd already put out a single like maybe about a year before this and um people have said that they they wanted to hear more stuff from me so i I took that you know time to to uh put out more music and um just see where where it could go you know if people if people uh like that route that i was taking you know i was putting out songs me singing i was putting out songs with me rapping just seeing what people gravitated towards Mm -hmm. um just testing the waters and i think when when i got released and I felt like I could no longer be in Florida uh, just from, you know, PTSD and trauma. And right, right. And I said that I wanted to I wanted to really try to pursue music. And I ended up moving out to L.A. and um, working with some some pretty cool people out there. And uh, I ended up getting a manager who got me connected with a lot of, uh, you know, different like, you know, A&Rs and, and, you know, writers and just people who are actually, you know, me saying that I wanted to do music and trying to do it in Florida, it was a whole other thing mm. when I went to L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, these people were, you know, doing it every day, nonstop. Uh, this was their life. Right. And um, I wanted that to be my life. And that's what you have to do. You have to put everything yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. So me doing that, I don't know, it opened my eyes up to the, the possibility that this is this is possible. When you're doing your raps, for example, do you come up with a beat first or kind of a, is it lyrics first, then the beat, vice versa? Kind of what is your style? Um, I love creating melodies. Um, that's the first thing that I, you know, my writing process, I'll listen to, a, to an instrumental or even if I'm creating from scratch uh, with the producer, um, I'll try to get a melody and, and record that first and then I'll write to the melody and mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how my songs mm-hmm. come about. Um, but yeah, I'm always uh, melody melody first, first yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, good melody sticks in your head forever, no matter what genre of music it is. I would say a good melody could be rap, thrash, yeah. ska, doo-wop, mm-hmm. pop, metal, whatever you want. Good melody is a good melody. Yeah. You know, that's what sticks in people's heads. Yeah. So for your for the music that you've released so far, have you gotten like a lot of uh, a good response, a lot of uh, listens, a lot of hits? Yeah, um, I, I had a song that I put out um, a little while ago called I Wonder mm-hmm. um, that's been doing uh, you know, fairly decent, um, especially for somebody who didn't really know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got like maybe like 130K straight on Spotify. Yeah, that's great. Um, but this new EP that I put out uh, called Not Found, I think me putting this out was for me to kind of, uh, this was definitely a turning point for me within my music i think i uh, i found my voice i think i found what works for me um i think um it was my intention was to kind of wake people up in a sense of uh this isn't you know just a hobby this isn't mm-hmm. um you know this isn't a gimmick you know uh, i'm sure you can mm-hmm. relate to uh the overall stigma of wrestling and music is very sure strange um you mentioned something earlier. It's something that I've said for years. You have to work twice as hard to get people's respect just because of the job that we're in. Yeah. You know, and once once they get over that, then it's just a good song or a bad song. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if the guy's a wrestler or a pharmacist, a pilot, 
whatever. You know what I mean? And, and you do have to get over that with people because they'll constantly be looking for a reason. Oh, he's just a wrestler. Or, yeah. You know, be like if a rapper got into wrestling. Oh, he's a rapper. What's he doing? Heaven forbid people can do two things. Yeah. So you have to, like I said, work really hard to to let people know that you're legit about it and not just doing it as a cash grab, not that you're making any money off it anyways, yeah. as, we all, as we all know. So that's the first thing you have to do. And once you do that, then you'll have people's attention forever. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, this, this, this EP has been perceived like pretty, pretty well. Um, I think it is it, showing people that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty serious about my music. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's such a, it's just a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's, uh, you know, I think with the pandemic and me, you know, that was that was all that I that, that I was doing, you know, during the pandemic, because that was all there was to do. Yeah, was to, there was no record. independent shows to go to yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, so I was just in the studio. I built out my garage. I, I made it into a oh, studio, cool. and you know, I was working with a producer that was pretty that I was pretty close with, and I was just recording. I was just recording, recording, recording all year, and uh, it was it was more than music, like for me, hmm. like listening to it. Uh, listening back to it, I think I think music has just helped me uh, in life in general. I think music has uh, helped me find who I was like, mm. as a person. Mm. I think it has helped me cope with you know anything that I was dealing mm. with in my mental health. Some healing, so that, yeah, powers yeah. to it, right? Yeah, yeah. for sure. What um, have, has anybody of of, of you know, prominence in, 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 in the music world, rap world, heard it and give you any uh, encouragement at all? Yeah. Uh, so I've actually I've actually been going to a lot of events lately because um, I just got a manager. I mean, I've been doing so much by myself for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was such a, a weird thing to kind of give somebody control of something that meant so much to me. But I started working with uh, with my manager and he's been uh, getting me to a lot of like different events and and things out in LA and meet a lot of uh, different people in the music industry. I remember I talked to Paul Abdul mm. at one of these events about my music and <laughs> just learning from like different like legends and, and people who have been just in the business for, for so long. I think that's the part of it that I'm really enjoying is uh, just learning the business mm -hmm. uh, part of it. Cause you know, anybody can just record a song and put it out, but to actually be around people who are uh, you know, doing things like behind the scenes and like like going to different, you know, networking events and just talking to whether it's a producer or whether it's an engineer or whether it's, you know, somebody who is working with a label, a bigger label or a smaller label. I think uh, just learning that that aspect of it is pretty cool to me. But yeah, I've I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I that I'm in today. And I think that, Everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. That's I always say everything happens for a reason. And um, I think how everything is lined up for me uh, was supposed to happen. I think this injury was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. I think it's given me the time to, to sit down and and uh, and think about where I want to go and uh, who I'm doing it for and um, why I'm doing it. And um, even giving give me the time to, to focus on my music. And, mm -hmm. you know, during that time when I was when I was hurt. Uh, although I was like rehabbing every day, you know, I was also, I was trying to, to, to pursue uh, music too. And I, I made a lot of uh, connections that I probably wouldn't have made right. if I was on the road, like constantly. Uh, but I think um, having those four months to kind of regroup and um, 
you know, introduce to people what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do. It's helped so much. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I want to talk about that. But before we do, hiring talent for any business can be a challenge, even New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you want an all-star team, then you need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed.com slash Jericho. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible, because with Indeed, you can and do it all. You can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through the tools like Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can even invite them to apply right away. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash Jericho. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash Jericho. Indeed.com slash Jericho. Offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire? Then you need indeed.com slash Jericho. When you were uh, when you were going to uh, retire, leave the business, you mentioned you were going to fulfill your commitments with New Japan. Had you been working with them for a while? Was it for New Japan Strong? Did you ever go to Japan with them? Um, I, I didn't go to Japan. I was gotcha. supposed to go to Japan, but um, visa issues. Mm -hmm. um, but I did the Super J Cup, uh, and they were in L.A. for that. Okay. Um, so I did that. I did a couple of the Strong tapings, and yeah, that was that was pretty much it. You know, there was plans for me to go to Japan, but it just never, it never happened. Especially right now, it's yeah. hard to go over there as it is. How were the strong tapings? Uh, they were cool. They were um, strange because uh, there was no, you know, when <laughs> I didn't think my first experience with New Japan was going to be in front of no <laughs> in a gym in LA in front of no people, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was cool. I, I really liked it, but. It, like I said, it was it was a little strange, um, especially you know wrestling and uh, and not even hearing uh, you know commentary. Like oh well, no, I could hear the commentary. Oh, yeah, actually, you could hear the commentary. yeah, I yeah, could yeah, hear yeah, the commentary yeah. as I'm wrestling, and I thought that that was <laughs> I thought that that was pretty crazy because there was no there was no crowd uh, noise. So was I there any Japanese them. guys there? Or was it all their their American guys? There was no Japanese guys there. Uh, there, I, I believe that there were maybe a couple of people that were in, like, in the dojo, in the yeah. LA dojo. But no, yeah. That's straight to your first New Japan experience in America with Americans in front of no people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I wrestled on the Indies with you guys like a yeah, couple yeah, of years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it, it's cool. I like, I think just the the opportunity to be able to uh, to wrestle on their platform and. Mm -hmm. um, well, they're seeing you too like you said yeah. it's good to know that they wanted you to come to japan it's just not the right time yeah you know until they open up a little bit more right yeah 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 exactly i saw a couple matches that you had when, when you were coming back uh with i'm not sure exactly what it was atlantic city outside that sort of thing you had like a uh, like a moth oh man tell me about the yeah. mothman costume yeah um oh my gosh this is such a funny story so <laughs> oh man this is so great um when I was in NXT, uh, my second go around being in NXT, I remember randomly getting to tapings one day, 
and uh, they were playing my new video screen on the on the on the, on the Titantron, and um, I saw a moth, and uh, yeah. I um I was asking them what, what what was the the idea behind the moth because you know I was just using moth for like man at the hour and uh, oh, my good, logo okay, gotcha. my logo was the a clock uh, so for them to have inserted that moth uh, and them being so stuck on the moth thing <laughs> um, I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it uh, so I got some <laughs> got some gear made. Uh, which was this outfit that you're, that you're talking about, this orange vest with wings, and there's a mask uh, for the entrance. I remember bringing it to tapings one day, uh, showing Hunter. I, um, I even went through a whole, I rehearsed the entire entrance. Um, and then I remember Hunter comes out. <laughs> Hunter comes out, uh, and he's like, he's like, what is this? And I was like, oh, because I think I had a big match uh, for the NXT uh, Cruiserweight title that night. And um, I wasn't being featured on like the takeovers, so I was like, "Oh, maybe I should do something cool for my entrance. This is a big, a big match, right? Uh, for TV, a big title yeah. match for TV. So let me just do something cool for my entrance." Um, and he just he didn't uh, he <laughs> he had said that he didn't he didn't understand it. He said that uh, it had nothing to do with my character, uh, and that I was trying too hard, and. Uh, I was like, you guys made <laughs> this moth a thing. So I'm trying to make sense of it. Right, right. Uh, and um, I thought it was pretty funny because he, <laughs> you know, he would dress up as the Terminator at WrestleMania. Right. So, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. so I was like, what do you mean? Is, does it doesn't have anything to do with the character. And I was doing too much. I thought that was pretty, uh, That's pretty great. wild. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's so funny. It's, it's classic WWE man. He's the moth. He's a moth. Yeah. He's a moth. Yeah. I thought for sure that must have been coming down from Vince, but I didn't know about the man of the hour thing. Yeah. But then when you show up with a costume, you're trying too hard. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> man, that's so crazy that you're saying this. Um, so I end up wearing it once at this show that uh, for GCW. Like, you bought it already. You're getting your money. Yeah, I know. I gotta wear it once. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's so funny that you asked that question. No, but yeah, that's that's how that um, that's how that. Came. I forgot about the man of the hour. That's a great nickname. Yeah, thanks. thanks yeah, Where'd you come up with that? Um, I really, I, if I mean, I, I really don't know. Mm. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but it's an old school wrestling term that they used to say. Like, I'm the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man too sweet to be sour. This is right because I remember being at the the PC and I remember seeing a dusty statue, yeah. and there was different quotes on the uh, on the statue, and yeah. one of them was like, "Man of the hour, man with the power." So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I think now, looking back at it, I think it, it fit. It's so fitting to me that I'm uh, mm. that I've called myself the man of the hour mm. because just in life, I I care about time like so much. Like uh, I'm like obsessed with time. Oh, and very like, punctual. I, you I, mean, or what do you mean? Yeah, like I um I never like being late. Mm. I never um I um I, I I like I like respecting people's time. I like. Um, I like getting the most out of you know the time that's presented yeah, to yeah. me and, that's cool. and stuff like that, and I don't know. This is uh, it's pretty fitting. Um, yeah, it's pretty fitting. It's, it's cool. I was going to ask you before too. How did you end up with the name Leo Rush? That's a cool name. Yeah, I. Uh, what a weird. Okay, this is this, what a weird thing because I try to uh, you know being a wrestler and wanting to be a wrestler. 
uh, I never even really thought about what my name was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Um, I just never thought about it. And then when it got time for me to do shows, I was like, oh, shit, I need a wrestling name. Uh, and I was just calling myself L.I. Green. My, my real name is Lionel, uh, last name Green. And um, Can't call yourself Green when you just I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, ah, this, this can't work. And um, this cannot work because I need to change it. Uh, and I was just, I, I couldn't think of anything. Because I didn't want, I didn't want to have some random first name that just wasn't, you know, had nothing you, to do yeah. with me. Um, so I was just looking at my actual name and just looking at all the letters and, you know, just chopping out the, the last three letters and I saw L-I-O and I was like, oh, that looks cool, mm-hmm. but I can't like call myself Lio. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, like Leo, mm-hmm. but spell it with an I. And um, I remember my trainer, uh, I, he always told me to slow down when I was, uh, when I was training because I was so, nice. I was too quick. I was too, uh, I was doing everything so fast because I was green and um, uh, he always told me to slow down, but I, could, I never could. You know, I would try to, but I, I never could and just my movements were always like so quick and um, he always said that I was in a, I was in a rush to learn. Mm. I was in a rush to get to the next thing and, uh, and move forward and stuff like that. So. I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, so I just put two and two together, and that's how Leo Rush. That is cool. It's, it's a rush. I mean, yeah. in the ring and a rush to watch you. And yeah. It's, it's very cool. Last couple questions for you, dude. So so now that you are here in AEW, and we've seen a couple uh, vignettes and promos of, of, of being a businessman, all that sort of stuff, what's kind of the vibe of your character, and, and, and what are you planning on now that you're actually here? What does Tony want from you, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I, think, I think ultimately Tony wants me to be me. Um, I think he, which is great. Yeah, yeah, he he wants me to uh, he wants to give me an opportunity to shine. And I think I think with him seeing you know the only thing that he saw me with was being you know in WWE. Uh, he, he obviously knew that I could talk and I could cut a promo. So he wanted me to you know give me this this uh, this talking role um, on TV, which I think is is, is uh, I, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've always been a fan of. You know, guys coming in and and having those like vignettes and those promos yeah. to, to to build up into something uh, pretty cool. My overall goal within within AEW, I think uh, I looked up to Rey Mysterio a lot. I think that has been my only true uh, you know example of what the possibility mm. of what I could be like within the company. Absolutely. Uh, and um, I want to be a world champion. I. Um, That's I, what you should say. Yeah, yeah. I want to be a world champion. Um, and I, I'm willing to do any and everything to, 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 to get to that point, you know, however, you know, however many hours I need to, to put in. Um, like I said, I've never been afraid of the hard work. Uh, you know, I've never been a promo guy, but when I, when I, got handed that role i took it very seriously came one, and i became a promo guy um you know i take my in-ring work like very seriously well i haven't always been but i feel like i'm i'm moving in in uh a direction where I'm, I'm becoming more open and more relatable and people are hearing my story and i feel like i have a very unique and, and powerful story uh you know because it's real um, you know, everybody goes through, um, you know, ups and downs throughout their life and their career. And, 
you know, people always like a good uh, comeback story. People always like, uh, you know, people who aren't going to uh, stay down when they when they fall. You know, I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a fighter, dude. Are you a different person now at 26 than you were at 22? Incredibly, incredibly different. And it's so cool that I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up a lot. And I, I'm so grateful for, for everything that, I, that I've been through. You know, I, I used to ask myself, well, you know, why, why me? Why am I going through this? You know, I, I've worked so hard to, to be here. Like, why, you know, why aren't they going, you know, my way? Why aren't things going my way? But I, I think I think I needed those those hard times. I needed to I needed to go through what I went through in order to know what I know now. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, this is a second chance for me. I think everything that I went through in uh, in WWE has prepared me for this. I think uh, what I'm about to do in AEW is going to be miles ahead of what I what I did in WWE. And I'm really looking forward to it um, mm-hmm. because I. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm applying everything that I've learned, I'm, um, all of the knowledge that I have now. Like, I, I know I know not to, uh, to fuck up in certain situations. I know how to navigate certain things. I know, I know what the industry is now. I know what the game is now. I know, mm-hmm. I know uh, you know, I know a lot. I know a lot. I feel like I, feel like I now have the, the keys mm-hmm. to success. That all comes and, with uh, experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a very self-motivated um, person. And, um, you know, I, I'm not going to settle for anything less. I, I know that I'm not going to stop uh, until I am, you know, at that point where I want to be. Where you want to be, yeah. Um, and I, that is a world champion. I, I want to be that next, that next, you know, small guy that everybody's like, holy shit. Like, and, um, you know, it's not, it's not talked about, you know, too much. It's not talked about too much, but I think that it should because it is important. But, you know, um, you know African-American, like, representation within mm-hmm. the industry is, uh, is huge, huge mm-hmm. for me. I didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, especially a lot of guys that were, you know, black and my size, uh, you know, in the WWE when I was watching WWE. Still I, don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's... Uh, it, it's it, it's it's crazy. It's it's, it's crazy, and I, and I look at myself, and I'm like, I can I can be that person, you know. I can I can be that person, uh, and and that motivates me. That 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 continues to uh, drive me. You know, I want to be that person for, mm-hmm. for for other people. It's not just about me. Mm-hmm. It's never been about me. It's always been about you know whether it's about my family, um, you know, people who look up to me. Uh, I want to be an inspiration to uh, to other people because uh, you know there were people who inspired me. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, uh, goal to have for yeah. sure. Last question for you, man. What's your favorite match that you ever had? Ooh, my favorite match that I've ever had so far. Um, it's so hard to mm-hmm. pinpoint that. Sure it is. It's so hard to pinpoint that. Um, but I really enjoy it. I, I keep saying that, but I, I really enjoyed the stuff that I did with Angel Garza. When Andrew I was, Garza? Angel. Angel Garza. Angel Garza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Oh, wow. I, I really, because I think that was the first time where they kind of let me loose. They, mm-hmm. they, they you know, told me to just go out there, have a good match, 
and um, people still talk about those matches uh, today. Um, I always get messages, you know, saying I really enjoyed the matches that you have with Angel Guards and NXT. So um, I think those those are my favorite matches that I've had so far. But I think, if I'm being completely honest, I think my favorite match hasn't happened yet. I think it hasn't happened yet. Um, there's so many guys here in AEW that I'm really, really looking forward to, to wrestling. And um, I'm just going to get uh, – I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better because I'm always wanting to learn. I always want to learn. I always want to, I always want to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the guys here are going to make me better. And I'm, uh, I'm excited for it. Well, dude, it's great to have you here, man. And uh, I'm not going to let you retire again. You're going to stay here for a while. <laughs> not at 26. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm 50. You'll be here till then at least. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, dude. Thank you.